0: He's put it
1: Nation Wrestling, welcome to episode number 53 of NWA Crocker and Roll. I am your host Sean Kidd and we have finally arrived to July of 1986 and for the next two episodes we are going to talk all things Great American Bash. But I am not alone per usual and tonight uh, we have a returning OG, one OG that is gone and a returning guest star from, from our last two episodes. So kind of a diverse crew tonight. So up first, Scott Shiflet, the one that is here all the time. How are you tonight?
2: Sean, we're keeping the lights on. I'm glad we're hitting up the bash tonight. I'm I'm just ecstatic, and we have two of my favorite people on, and, and including yourself. So three, actually.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad I was in that last, and I also have a returning favorite of mine uh, who I've missed desperately, even though on the last time I was on the show with him, he was very, very mean to me, so I'm hopefully tonight... Well, it might it might depend on some of my takes how this goes tonight. But Column, it is great to have you tonight. How are you, Mr.
0: McDougal? <laughs> it's good to be back. How was I very mean to you?
1: I don't remember. I think we got into it about something and I don't remember what it was, but it was way back it was way back in May in May when we did May part one and two. So it's like literally it was like five months ago, I think, when we did that <laughs>
0: podcast. <laughs> I'll need to listen back to i to listen back to, to see what that was. But it it's it's wonderful to be back on with you all.
1: And, and column is still recovering from recent events in WWE, so we're not going to bring that up. So, Colm, I'm glad you were able to join us tonight.
0: Yes. um, In and, and some aspects, that night was 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 easier to swallow than than, than some of the stuff we're going to be talking about. In others, it wasn't. Okay. okay. Glad to be back.
1: All right. So, we're going to move on past that. Last but certainly not least, he joined us for our June watches and was really excited about the build to the bash. bash. So, he decided to join us for these two episodes, which... Based on some of the comments I've heard from you, you might have regretted, it at the, uh, <laughs> regretted doing it, but Logan and how are you tonight?
3: Yeah, you remember how I said I was jealous uh, that y'all were yes, going to watch yes, this
1: stuff? Yes, vividly, yes.
3: Yeah, um, maybe not, so well, we'll get into it, though.
1: All right, so we're obviously going to piss <laughs> some people off tonight. There might be some controversial takes, but we'll see how it plays out, because that's usually how it goes. So tonight, what we're going to do is... Um, when I intro the – oh, and I, I guess I should mention Dr. G. So Dr. G will not be with us the next two episodes. He is on a – I guess what they call a pilgrimage, which I totally mispronounced before recording this call. What did I say what it was, Logan? Pilmigridge?
3: Pilmigridge, yes.
1: Yeah, so he is on a <laughs> pilgrimage to Italy. So uh, we hope he's having a good trip over there, and uh, maybe he'll return in August if his pilgrimage goes well over there. So. <laughs> uh, so with that, so tonight what I'm going to do is we're going to do our original intro where – Um, I'll talk about who the champions are. And then we're watching all matches tonight in the next two episodes. There's no promos. We're going to talk all matches at the bash. Uh, But I will talk about the cards that these matches are also on. Um, I think we have quite a diverse group of matches for us to uh, partake of the next two episodes. Uh, The only one that I could not get that I wanted to find, and I want to thank Chad Campbell, because Chad actually sent me over um, a drive that had uh, Ron Garvin versus Tony Blanchard, two tape fist matches, but unfortunately it got wiped out. Maybe Chad did it on purpose once he realized the mistake he made, given it in our hands. But um, I did want to thank Chad for that originally, but we unfortunately don't have it. But other than that, I've tracked down pretty much everything else that we'll get to talk about tonight. So we are going to cover um, two parts. Like I said, this one's going to take us from July 1st. Uh, I believe this is going to run us through July the 12th tonight. So first foremost, uh, we are looking at July 1st show, which was the first bash, which was in Philadelphia. Your champs are your world champion is Ric Flair, U.S. champion, Magnum TA. Your tag team champions are Midnight Express. Your TV champion is RNA Anderson. Your junior heavyweight champion, Debbie Brown. Uh, your six-man tag team champions are the Road Warriors and Dusty Rhodes. Your national champion is Tully Blanchard. And your mid-atlantic champion is, uh, Black Bart, uh, who we will see, uh, we haven't seen them at all in months, but you're going to see him at least twice during the bash, so that's interesting. So we're going to jump right into it. So you guys ready to talk about the Philly card? Ready?
2: Yes.
0: Sure. Sure. <laughs> all
1: right. So here's the card. So this is at Veterans Stadium. It was on July 1st, 1986. 10,900 people attending. It featured a concert by two people who I've never heard of in my life, Joe Eli and Delbert McClinton. Um, so no idea who those are. I assume there's some 80s country people. Uh, the Barbarian defeated Denny Brown. Uh, The Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion Black Bart defeated Todd Champion, Logan,
2: <laughs> and Scott.
1: What do you think oh, about Todd Champion in 1986? I got to ask.
2: Well, that, makes me, that makes me more upset because he was already bad in 91. How bad was he in 1986? Well, I purposely
1: avoided Todd Champion on this podcast to watch in any match, so uh, I think we're making up for it. Over on uh, the seven months of danger on the No So Feed. Plug, plug there. Uh, Manny Fernandez defeated uh, Shaska Watley in a bunkhouse match Column's favorite, Wahoo McDaniel, defeated Jimmy Garvin in an Indian death match. And the one note on here I thought was interesting. The show was nearly shut down by Commissioner J.J. Binns due to the blood loss during the match. There was speculation Binns had been paid off by the WWF to threaten to shut the show down. He reportedly said he attended the show with his kids and doesn't generally go to wrestling cards. However, he appeared during the June 28th, 86 Philadelphia Spectrum show, was part of the act, and during the show ordered the Junkyard Dog to face Don Morocco. The following month, the dog-collar match, so there's a rumor here that he threatened that WWF was uh, paying him off. My real reason why he wanted to shut it down, Colin, for you was because he did not want to watch a Wahoo match. Does that sound more accurate?
0: That sounds more accurate because I can't imagine Vincent Kennedy McMahon in June, July of 1986 was shit scared of Wahoo McDaniel versus Jimmy Garvin.
1: Yeah, I, I think but it just confirms how you feel about Wahoo McDaniel, that they were going to shut the whole car down because of him. So I thought that was a cool note. I, I
0: think I think Jim Crockett sent the guy out there. I think Jim Crockett paid it because he's built this guy up and realized the mistake that he made. <laughs>
2: uh, Sean, I, I do think Philly, like uh, legit, was a uh, one of those battleground uh, cities like uh, Baltimore was and Richmond yes. to an extent. Yes. Yeah, well, D.C. area. So I think, like, this was legit, and it smells like something Vince would do in the 80s. <laughs> so I mean, hell, yeah, no, look a, at the yeah. stuff he did in the 90s.
1: Yeah, that um, whole northeast, like, contingent, Baltimore, Philly, D.C., like, th- that whole little run right there does sound like a definite command
2: thing. They,
0: they were still running the Spectrum every month at this point, were they not?
1: Um, I believe they were, yes. Yeah. Yep,
0: so it does kind were. of make sense, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and that's where uh, I think that's where TA cut his famous um, I'm coming on you, Tully Blanchard promo, if I recall correctly. Yes. It,
0: uh, it, it. Might, it might well have been. Yeah. He's going to come on Tully harder than anyone's yeah. ever yeah. came on Tully before. Of,
1: and of course, I would remember the detail of where that promo was because that's who I am, unfortunately. All right. Uh, then we had Ron Garvin defeat the national heavyweight champion, uh, speaking of Tully Blanchard, in a non titled tape fist match. Jimmy Valiant <laughs> defeated Baron von Raschke in a pole match. Jesus Christ, Lord. I'm glad we're not watching that. Uh, Baby Doll, Ricky, and the Rock and Roll Express defeated Jim Cornette in the Midnight Express. Uh, NWA US Championship, best of seven. Uh, Colum's uh, relative, Nikita Koloff, pinned Magnum TA after Ivan interfered. So Nikita goes up one to zero. And then an interesting tag team match. I bet this one was pretty good. Dusty Rhodes and Road Warrior Animal defeated Ole and Arn Anderson in a steel cage match. So kind of a unique uh, tag team match. And you might ask, well, where the hell was Road Warrior Hawk? Well, As we talked about on our last episode, they they built that whole attack by the horsemen on the Road Warriors. And the main event of this Philly card is Hawk versus Flair. And we're going to jump right into it. This is the match we watched. Um, I'll review the match, and then I'll ask everybody's thoughts on it. So um, the the stadium visual is really, really cool, especially in that time frame of 1986 versus today where it's really like a big hole-like thing. Um, WWE does these uh, stadium shows all the time, but it's really cool to see it here in 1986. Um, Tony and David are selling. This is the first of Flair's bash matches. Um, I popped hard at uh, Hawk clothesline. Um, then he busted his ass on a missed leg drop. Then Flair suplexed him. Brown lose, lost it on a Hawk press slam. Uh, there's a boring Hawk headlock until he eats shit and misses a second row clothesline. Flair that dominates with Hawk powering out of most things. Flair hit a really nice almost stalling back suplex, which I thought was really good. There's a figure four, then a sleeper. Uh, Flair goes up top, and then he gets the inevitable toss off by Hawk. Another really good press slam and clothesline. Flair ducks a shoulder block. And, of course, it hits Tommy Young, who is a pillar of all these matches tonight and really shows why he's not five-time referee of the year. But anyway, the shoulder block, Flair ducks. Tommy uh, gets knocked out of the ring. There's a Hawk backbreaker. He covers. Tommy gets back in the ring, and the bell just rings as the crowd loses it, thinking Hawk actually won. The reality is Tommy never counted the three. Um, It's a disqualification. Tommy Young strikes again. I thought it was a solid match. About 11 minutes. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, I absolutely hated the ending. So I went about two and a half. I thought it was a fairly standard match. Nothing great, nothing terrible. So um, two and a half stars for me. Column, I will go to you first. What did you think of Hawk versus Flair?
0: Um, There was a very, uh, well, the first thing I've got is that I wasn't expecting a five-star classic. And I've also got the note about how the stadium show looked the stadium shows look amazing and um, so this one looked this one looked uh this one looked pretty good as well um yeah not expecting a five-star classic i thought flair getting hock up for a semi stolen suplex was very impressive um but it not not a great start for flair if they're wanting him to do however many it was 17 or 18 title defenses in 28 days and um, they're not exactly um Easing him in to it with Hawk on the first night. Uh, the, the Hawk backbreaker right at the very end, I thought was disgusting, especially for Flair taking that on his um, on his broken back or his previously broken back. Um, it was fine. Uh, it was you know it was ten minutes of Flair bumping around for Hawk, um, and and some some slow some slow down, bits. it was never going to be it was never going to be excellent. Um, I originally had it at one at one point five, but I'm very happy to meet you in the middle at two. Thinking about it now, um, because it was it was it was never going to be it was never going to be great. But for what it was, I think it was you're not you're not they're not going to put the belt on Hawk either. But for what it was, I think it was it was perfectly fine. Yeah.
1: Okay. Any initial comments about Tommy Young since I think he's going to come up quite frequently over the next two episodes?
0: Um, this wasn't the most egregious. Okay. Um, for for Tommy Young, but. The one thing that that's that's going to that's going to keep coming up is no wonder his career was finished by, a, a an injury because he's always in the way, either either on purpose or completely by accident because he's got no spatial awareness but he's always in the road. Yep,
1: and bumps and bumps uh bumps more than most of the wrestlers actually. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um. So, Colin, went too. So, I actually I'm surprised. I thought that was kind of low. I thought you'd go around two and a quarter, but that's interesting. Um. Scott, what about you?
2: Uh, first off, Tom Young gets involved at the start of the match for no reason at all. Um, after he uh, Hawk was throwing Flair around, are we sure Tom Young wasn't like a secret horseman? Because th- I mean, that's what it feels like. Um, just he's just so bad. I I will say I do agree with I'm saying that uh, that suplex from the start from Flair was pretty awesome. We normally don't see that. I enjoyed Hawk selling the leg after Flair got the figure four. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was some nice hold spot when Hawk hit a clothesline and Flair kicked out at two. Um, And I said, Hawk hits useless ass Young. And uh, I like the backbreaker from Hawk as well. I actually thought that Tommy Young counted and then decided to call a DQ.
1: I did too. I actually had to rewatch it to figure out what the hell happened and he did nothing.
2: Yeah, because I was like, Tommy Young DQ's Hawk after counting the ping WTF. Uh, I went two and a half. I really enjoyed this. Uh, it was a quick 11 minutes uh, minutes. I was worried when they first announced this match, so I was going to get 30 minutes of Hawk, which I think might've ended my time on, on this podcast. Um, I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, yeah. So two and a half for the first match of the night. All right. So
3: you and I are live columns
2: of two Logan. What about you?
3: I, I'd have rather seen Hawk wrestle for 30 minutes than some of the other stuff we're going to talk about, but I, I'll, <laughs> I'll digress. Um, good display by of power by Hawk start the match, kind of throw in flare around. Um, Flair's chopping him at one point, Haw gets pissed and starts delivering chops of his own. I thought that was pretty great. Uh, the delayed suplex that Flair hits was uh, pretty awesome. It was pretty incredible to see him uh, kind of hold him up for as long as he did. Cause he uh, so
1: all was- four of us brought that up in our recap because you didn't see that kind of shit in 1986. That stalling was and- really badass, yeah.
3: Yeah, and you wouldn't think of Flair as somebody that could be able to do that. Um, I really like Hawk's power stuff throughout the match. Uh, I really wish he didn't have to throw as many rest holds in there as he did, but uh, I'll digress again. Um, I like that Flair's kind of only way of gaining momentum is just kind of avoiding and ducking uh, some of Hawk's big moves. I believe at one point uh, he kind of gains the advantage because Hawk goes for the middle rope clothesline and misses, so uh, that's when Flair kind of takes over. That uh, backbreaker, which I think we all mentioned too, was disgusting. I think uh, I think A Train did that, called it the derailer, but kind of just has him uh, on his shoulder and just drops. It's pretty. It was pretty sick. Um, but uh, he seemingly wins the title, but then Dickweed Tommy Young DQs him for basically doing something he couldn't have avoided in the first place. So um, I also went two and a half. So all
1: right. So all right. So we're all pretty much on the same page. Uh, Colin, even at two, I think you're pretty much in that line too. So. Uh, I guess the big thing for me was just seeing, you know, again, we'll stop, we'll we'll move on, but that back suplex spot and that backbreaker, um, definitely worth going out of your way to check those out if you check anything in this match. All right, so we're moving to July 5th, and so we're going to talk about the uh, Bash event in Charlotte in a minute, but first up, we're going to go to our syndicated show, uh, NWO Pro, uh, and it is a TV match with Ron Garvin and uh, column favorite Wahoo McDaniel. Versus Tijo Khan and Black Bart. And the main reason why I included this match is we haven't seen Black Bart in months. And little did I know that we're going to see more than, Black, more than one time Black Bart. But um, I thought this is interesting. It was short match, like less than five minutes. I so said, why not? So uh, first note I made was it's not a Bash TV match I would want to see, but still considered a TV main event, I guess. And we finally get to see Black Bart. Pretty much a squash with Garvin and Wahoo chopping and beating up the heels I do like watching Garvin kind of muscling and picking people apart. I always, I mean, I'm a big Garvin Mark, so I love that. Car- Cornette on commentary flubs and calls Garvin the man with the hands of steel versus the man with the hands of stone. Cornette purposely says Tijo and Bart are one of his favorite combinations in a way that he shits on them, which I think is absolutely fantastic. and comes when Garvin punches Bart and Wahoo drops an elbow for three. Um, okay, TV Squatch match. Um, and again, the Mid-Atlantic champion comes up looking like a dope. And Paul Jones, Army member, um, again, Paul Jones Army is kind of a non-factor at this point, uh, except for the whole Valiant feud. So Joe looks really bad in this. Um, I went one and a half stars, but mainly for Garvin. Uh, not much else. Again, like I said, like seeing Garvin just muscle and pick people apart. Uh, Wahoo was still on his shit per normal, where he just chops and headlocks and drops elbows. So one and a half for me, but only because of Garvin. Uh, Schiff, I'll go to you first. What do you think of this match?
2: Um, first off, TJ Khan might be the worst wrestler we've ever seen. Oh, and he's bad. And he's that's very, saying something. He is very bad. Oh, yes. my God. He, he, yeah. But I, I did love um, that Garvin was chopping the shit out of Black Bart and then Wahoo was. And then Garvin started just chopping the shit out of Khan. Um you know not a basic match but i enjoy like them just beating the hell out of each other i i went a star in three quarters okay. um it wasn't that much my notes are only five and i've read four of them so like it wasn't much to this match yep okay i'll save column for last uh because it's a Wahoo match uh
1: go ahead logan i
3: uh, i went one on it uh i i wrote down that these are four guys who don't give a shit about each other's well-beings as they just (laughs) stiff each other the whole match. So uh, constant chops and good punches that are laid in. I feel like uh, Wahoo and Garvin should have opened a chop house restaurant with each other. Just the amount of chops that they
1: kind of like Abdullah's uh, house of ribs.
3: Exactly. I think they should have gone in together and I think they could have made a heck of a heck of a living doing that. Um, But uh, I, I thought it was a perfect perfectly fine squash i only went one on it but uh the only reason i, I would have gone a little higher probably would have gone one and a half but garvin kind of whiffs the punch at the end uh he doesn't make any contact at all or if he does he barely grazes uh the, the head uh but yeah i went one on it perfectly fine but kind of a botched ending
1: all right fair okay last but not least
0: column i am i my first note is that you've done this on purpose and poor, I, I, poor, I, I, poor ronnie
1: I, I promise i did not do this on purpose
0: um now we're talking about how poor t joe Canna is now i uh, uh, and, and some cursory research on uh, with our good friends at uh, cage match and um, he only he's only approximately five months into his career at this point um if cage matches debate is to be believed this is much uh this is like so yeah he's he's very very green although i do think that if you wanted to compare them, uh, Nikita was a lot more further along at this point in, in this point in his career. Um Tidre was just absolute crap. Um, <laughs> Black Bart, I was Black Bart. The last time we saw him, he, he won the Mid Atlantic title, and he was it was actually a surprisingly good match. John, I don't know if you yeah. were. That may be one of the ones that you weren't on for. I
1: missed, but I watched it, and it was a lot better than I expected it to be.
0: Yep. Yeah. So we, so we had a, we raved about it. The three of us. Um. So (sighs) it was what it was. Uh, My other notes are: uh, Thank God, Wahoo Bar Exchange was partially interrupted by the opening video package. Yes. Cornette is trying his hardest to put over this match, but we're in—we are—we are in a wahoo rest hold halfway through a six-minute tag team match. Take from that what you will. Gavin is having to use rest holds because Joe is useless. Oh goody, wahoo versus Joe, Clash of the Titans. Mercifully, it's over. Poor Ronnie One Star. All
1: right, so I think that's fair. I think the one and a half. I think Ashif, you're a little high, but I think we're all kind of there. So. Um, no harm, no foul. Garvin, as always, is pretty great. And I agree with you, Bart. There's another match we'll watch um, in in these uh, two episodes between Garvin and Bart that I absolutely lo- like quite a bit. So we'll see how that plays out. All right. So we're going to jump right next to our. So we're going to Charlotte. This is another great American bash card It is also on July the 5th. This one could have some controversy when we talk about the match. So we'll get there in a minute. So this is at the Memorial Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Big crowd here, July 5th, 1986, 23,000 people in 1986. That's quite a big number. Uh, this featured a concert by Waylon Jennings, included a performance by a skydiving team. Uh, NWA junior heavyweight champion Denny Brown fought Steve Regal to a 15-minute time limit draw at 14.52. Uh, okay, um, glad I didn't have to watch that one. Robert Gibson pinned minute champion Black Bart in a non-title match that went 7 minutes and 47 seconds. Oli Anderson and Aaron Anderson defeated Sam Houston and Nelson Royal at 12.27. Danny Fernandez pinned Baron, Ryan Rash, bon, uh, bon, Va, Baron von Rash <laughs> Goddamn. In a bump Put your teeth match. back, head, Jesus Christ. At nine minutes. Wahoo McDaniel once again defeats Jimmy Garvin in an Indian strap match at 10 minutes and 43 seconds. The Road Warriors defeated Nikita Koloff in a double Russian chain match at 5.41 when Animal pinned Ivan. This is a freaking long ass card. Ron Garvin defeated Tully again in a Tate Fist non-title match. Jimmy Valiant pinned Shaska Watley in almost nine minutes. Jesus. After hitting him with Baron Von Raschke's loaded glove, and moments after Von Raschke tried to interfere but was held back by Manny Fernandez, Stipulation stated in this one that the loser of the match would have his head shaved, and after the match, Fernandez and a bunch of other faces um, came out and held up Watley while Valiant shaved him bald moments later. Uh, Valiant grabbed the mic and said Jones was next. So Shaska has now had his head shaved. This will lead later on into the Bash series where uh, it'll be Jones versus Valiant uh, with uh, the hair on the line. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, Magnetia, Baby Doll defeated Cornette and the Midnight Express in a steel cage match when Baby Doll pinned Cornette with a right hand punch at six minutes and 30 seconds. After the match, Rhodes faced off with Bubba on the floor and so he was jumped from behind by Eaton. With hole and Dusty while uh, Bubba landed a series of punches in the face, eventually Magnum broke free of the cage to make the save. So big, big matches here. Long card. Just like the La- Philly show, our main event is the world title match. This world title match is Ric Flair versus Ricky Morton in a cage. I would like to framework a couple of things in this match before we talk about it. So we have been talking about the build for Flair and Morton since May, I think Literally, it was the week after the Crockett Cup when they start building this match. And the build has been really freaking awesome, you know, with the, with the nose into the freaking concrete, the blood. We watched really two really good matches in May. Uh, one was from a Charlotte house show. We really liked that one. And then they had a TV-made event on Mid-Atlantic that were both really, really good. So going into this, I think all of us would have high expectations And this is one of those matches that is really well known in wrestling circles that many consider four to five stars. So I think this one, I don't know, guys, this one's going to be a curious one for us because I went into it just like head on, not remembering watching it, thinking this might be, my God, this might be the best match I've ever seen on this podcast. So we'll talk about that. So first and foremost, Flair arriving by helicopter is an all-timer moment, um, complete with the red carpet. Uh, there's a sportscaster ring announcer. He sounded like a kind of like a trophy DJ. Ricky is still in his face gear. Ricky goes right after the nose um, that Flair tries to protect. Ricky then rubs Flair's face in mat, and Flair tries to escape top of the cage, but gets pulled down by Ricky. Um, at the same time, we get uh, Flair showing his ass to the crowd, which gets a big pop. There's some standing amount of punches by Ricky that sends Flair down. Uh, Flair, yaps, uh, <laughs> Flair goes at it with Young, who pushes Flair down. There's more and more punches and more nose work. I can't believe I actually used the word nose work in this, uh, but there's a lot of it, almost like headlocks. Uh, Flair is very vocal with his pain as well. But Flair, You can hear Flair very loud, so I don't know if the ring is mic'd or whatever, but he is very, very vocal in this match. Uh, Flair hits a stiff chop that rattles Ricky. Um, first 10 minutes for me felt like a lot of stalling. There's a side headlock uh, by Ricky while literally he twists Ric Flair's nose. Flair escapes and hits elbows to Ricky's head. There's a Ricky Morton crossbody off the ropes for two, Uh, another Morton clothesline for two, more punches to Flair. Ricky misses an elbow, and then Flair rips off uh, Morton's face mask and throws throws him into the cage a couple times. Then he puts the nose guard on and throws Ricky into the cage again. Then he throws the nose guard outside the cage. Morton is bleeding as Flair attacks the nose continuously. Uh, Flair grates Morton's face across the cage, which looks pretty decent and pretty savage. Um, then he tosses him into the cage again with more cage grading. as Flair uh, screams, tell them your name and you want to be the world champion, huh?" which I really, really like. There's a backbreaker for two, a suplex for by Flair. At this point, Tommy Young screams, give him a chance, which I'm not quite sure why he did that. Why on earth would Ric Flair say, give him a chance? And I don't understand Tommy Young whatsoever. There's a figure four, six shots by Flair, but Ricky starts to fire back up and loads with punches. Um, he throws Flair into the cage a few more times. as crowd goes nuts. Then he runs Flair's face into the cage. Flair's then bleeding. More punches. More cage rubbing at the 20-minute mark as Flair screams in pain. There's a sleeper by Ricky. Then more cage raking. Morton um, goes up top. There's a crossbody for two. Then Flair tries to escape, but uh, Morton punches him, punches him as both stand up the top of the cage. Flair falls to the mat. Ricky throws him into the cage one more time. Ricky goes back up. There's a dropkick for two. Flair kicks out, and, oh, as Flair kicks out, Ricky lands on Tommy Young. And I said, of course. Uh, I don't understand really why this spot happened, because why more? while Tommy's down, which, again, occasionally you no know DQ, Flair Atom- takes picks Ricky up. Atomic drops him on the top rope for, like, a three. Like, just suddenly, just done. I really thought this ending was really lame. Again, I'm not sure why Tommy Young had to do this spot. Match was good, but honestly... Guys, it's not four to five stars like a lot of people say it is. And I looked at plenty of reviews, and I really kind of took it in a little bit and had to rethink this twice, probably more than twice. And I asked your opinions as well, and I don't think we're too far off. I thought it was good use of the cage, good use of blood, but seemed slow in plotting the points. Um, I only went three stars, and that might be a gentleman three stars. I wanted more, but, man, that ending absolutely sucked. Um, Logan, I'm going to go to you first. And I know that was a long-winded explanation of the cage, but it was pretty self-explanatory that – not a lot happened unless you were in a cage and doing punches. So I'll let you go. <laughs> I,
3: I was almost as bored by that explanation of the no, match well, as I, I was. I'm just, well, I'm just I, did, no,
1: I did it for a reason, though, to no, kind of I, really outline why we might feel the way we do. So, no, no,
3: I, I, yeah. I'm just I'm just playing around. But um, I, 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 I'll i start with the uh, ring announcer that you kind of talked about. I thought he looked like a drunk used car salesman. Uh, that's <laughs> what he kind of sounded like to me. Yes. Um, man. I really really wanted to like this match I really did. Uh and I there are portions of it that I did enjoy, but it was so so slow. Way too much stalling, preening. I I do find it interesting and unique that they worked the nose, but and I think this is more as the like watch watches went on. But it really started to grate on and annoy me as it went on, uh, through even throughout this match. But, I mean, we obviously get to see a couple more matches with these guys as, as uh, with this month. Um, but it really got grating as it went on. Uh, the match got a lot better when Flair was on offense and Morton was selling. I liked him throwing him up against the cage. I, I, really, I really enjoyed him kind of working Morton over for the little bit that he did. I thought it was too bad that the beginning of the match was such a butt and so slow and just – not not fun at all to watch um the match is still even at the point when flares flares working them over it's still kind of slow uh to have these two guys in and i wanted more energy there just wasn't a ton of energy uh, at many points in the match between the two guys the crowd was going bonkers as as they seem to seem to do always with all the screams of the girls and everything going on um <laughs> I only went uh, two and a half on it because I was very very disappointed in this one. And my last uh, note is, I'm glad that there was a fireworks show after this match because the fans deserve to see something good after the drek that they just went through. So, very very disappointed, two and a half, and that's the gentlemanliest gentleman two and a half I could possibly give.
1: Yeah, not too far off. But again, I went through that long winded explanation of the match to really give you context. Cause that long winded explanation. Yeah, I, I was. At, at <laughs> no, no, but. No, but that's how at times it felt like this match was 26 minutes.
3: Mm-hmm. So, and it felt every bit of
1: it. And, it. and it really did. And so I'm going to go to Colin next. So Colin, the last time on this pod that we watched these guys in Charlotte, I went back and listened. The majority of us went three and a half stars to four stars. So what was your take on this match, which was supposedly one of the big, big matches at the bash?
0: Um. Well, this one uh... – you hear you hear about Great American Bash '86, the, the whole tour having some of the best matches that you'll ever see in your life, and this is always one of the ones that that gets really, really talked about. Um, it started off you're getting Flair's greatest hits within the first few minutes. You've got his arse hanging out. You've got the Flair flop. You've got him bumping for Tommy Young. Um, you've then got. I did like the story about Morton trying to get his own back, and he's he's got Flair. He can't he can't run, he can't get the horseman. He's going to work over. I, I I agree with you. It sounds strange. He's working over the nose, but it's almost like a bit of retribution for him. Um, at one point again, Tommy Young, uh, says, "Give him a chance to rip Flair." I'm like you're a ref, not to the fair police. That was it's the a
1: fucking thing. That, like, yeah. that made no
0: sense. It, it, it's a cage match. Um, so just stop it. I thought the ending was extremely shit. Um, I thought it was a good match. I did enjoy it. It's not as good. i I. I don't. I, I. At one point, I was questioning whether or not I'm actually a, 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 a good wrestling fan because I didn't. I didn't quite understand where the hype all came from. I thought it was good, not as good as everyone says. Um, I gave it three point five
1: wow and that's on the high end of mine yeah. like I, I i wouldn't even come close to that so you're i think you're being generous but
0: yeah well um, uh, well looking at looking at the thingy looking at the, the gw because i went back to, to look at yeah. the gwcw i am um, i can i can go i can give you all the lowdown after 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 yeah. shift if you want but yeah um I, yeah i'm 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 still lower than the the the, the consensus
1: yeah i figured as much because this is considered one of the best like NWA WCW matches. What did it come in on the list? Just
0: so you can bring that up. So it was 26th on the list. 17, 17 ballots An average of thirty point two. Wow. Um, high of one, low of eighty-two. So somebody ranked it the best match in WCW. NWA WCW history.
1: Good lord, I'm probably more around that 82, and that's probably a shit take. There's gonna be, I mean, if there's some like true Crockett fans that actually listen to this podcast, we're gonna get obliterated. But I'm a Crockett fan, and I, I didn't get it either. Uh, but, sh- sh- yeah. Go ahead, Kyle, yeah, sorry. You no,
0: know, I'm gonna say even on cage match, there's yeah. it's at nine, it's at nine point one seven. So they do it on a ten, they do it on a ten point scale. There's eight, there's four eights, seven nines, and eleven full tens. Yeah. Uh, but I, I does not get anywhere close to that for me.
1: All right, uh, shift la- last and again the next match we're gonna watch is gonna be a rematch. But shift, go ahead. What do you think?
0: Yeah, like
2: it was just too slow at the start. Um, like like you guys were saying. Like I, I will say I do have a note here. When Flair said he makes virgins bleed, this is what he meant because I will say that Ricky oh, Morton was uh, bleeding the gusher. Um, you know. Um, Fucking hell. And I- <laughs> And uh, I love flare screaming. You want to be world champ, and like it, I just love like the shit talking here. But you know, for this, like like we guys said, like this has been such a blood feud, and to see it, you know, my my best comparison is um Triple H and Orton from that Mania, which was such a blood feud as well. And then they were after they did um the finishers to each other within the first three minutes, it turned into like just a regular match. This is sort of what it felt like to me, like. You know, Flair was aggressive early, like, he was aggressive, like, I love when he ripped off the mask, and, like, he just threw it, and then sends Ricky into the fence, that's what I love, Um, but I, I don't know, like, I think it has to do, like, going into this match, I knew that Morton wasn't winning, in the same way I knew Hawk wasn't winning the title, so maybe it wasn't, like, the challenger that we knew, and it, it already, like, mentally, like, takes me out of the match. A little bit, and that's why I, I grade it. I, I, I gave it two and three quarters. Um, But, like, you know, I just figured, you know, Flair would have, like, a, a shitty ending, in which is that what we got? Like, I will say Morton did hit a nice missile dropkick from the top. I thought that was pretty sweet and pretty innovative to see in the 80s. And then, like, Flair does the giant uh, push off, like, when, you know, someone's trying to pin, you know, Paul White or Mark Henry, they just push him off, and that's what, like, Flair somehow did to Ricky Morton and on to Tommy Young, and then Flair got the atomic drop on Ricky's Nuts, and Flair gets the pin with his feet on the ropes in a fucking cage match. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, as you can hear, four of I'm us, probably
2: a shitty wrestling fan, so... No, no, listen, you know. I,
1: I have total guilt about how I feel about this match, and with my reputation and shit takes, it makes me feel really good that we all feel the same way about this, because I, for like I said, for Column and Schiff and I, we have seen good matches with Flair and Morton. So we had really high expectations that it came nowhere near close. Um, those other two matches we watched with them. And one of those was a house show. I think we watched on a home video, which was fantastic. Um, yeah, disappointing. So I don't know, guys, I'll have to think through this one, but we have the rematch coming up next. So we're going to jump to almost a week later at July 11th, 1986. This is from Roanoke. Uh, and here is the card from the Roanoke civic center. Uh, has a concert from David Allen Co., Dusty Rhodes' best friend. Um, uh, the Andersons defeat Hector Guerrero and Denny Brown. What a waste of the Andersons there. Uh Robert Gibson defeats uh Dennis Condry, Jimmy Valiant, and Manny Fernandez defeat Pez Watley and the Barbarian. Jesus, that's probably awful. Wahoo, again defeats Jimmy Garvin in an Indian stra- death match. Look, I mean Colin, could you imagine like having to watch all these val- <laughs> I can't even imagine how bad those matches must be. Uh Tully Blanchard uh, defeated Ron Garvin by countout. The Road Warriors, upon Ellering, defeated the Russian, uh, I'm sorry, Crusher Khrushchev, Ivan Koloff, and Baron Bomrashky. In the third match in the best of seven series, Akito Koloff defeated Magnum T.A., which puts Koloff up three and zero. Oh. And then Dusty Rhodes and Baby Doll defeated Jim Cornette and Bobby Eaton, which I can only imagine that one's probably pretty awful as well. Uh, so the main event of this card was the rematch of Ric Flair versus Morton. And we uh, it was taped for Japanese TV, which I know Logan and Schiff automatically love. That's an automatic shutdown because we both know you guys both hate Japanese wrestling. So I'm sure Japanese TV doesn't help it. Um, Ricky works over Rick's nose as Ricky, again, is still wearing the, now, the mask from the attack a few months ago. Uh, we get the what it, uh, typical Flair-ass shot, as Colm puts it. Uh, uh pulling them down from the cage and he continues to beat on the crowd is absolutely deafening uh morton gets to figure four uh, there's a rope break on it which again tommy fucking young why are you counting five on a rope break in a fucking cage match uh morton does a split leg drop to the crotch spot that i looks very similar to the one that jeff hardy does or used to do when he used to wrestle hopefully we never have to see him again uh Flair keeps trying to take control but morton heads him off at every turn Morton with a sleeper, another stupid rope break in a cage. Morton hits a nice clothesline and hits a roll-up into the corner of Flair. That was cool, but once again, hits Tommy Young, knocking him down as Morton has the roll-up for three. Tommy recovers and counts two, but Flair reverses it, and a handful of trunks for the three count. So my first note is, why is Tommy Young? I said, solid match, not the best we have seen from these two. Uh, felt very house show, which I guess it was to me, like the last one we saw was also house show. Um, I thought it was good shine in a very different match. I thought Morton dominated the match until the very end, for the most part. Um, I went a, a, a smidge below. I went two and three quarters on this one. Just something missing for me, and I, I think maybe again the house show feel and again the commentary certainly didn't help. So I went two and two two and three quarters. So Logan, I'll go to you first. What do you think of this one? <laughs> I know. You hated this one, too. So. <laughs>
3: My first note is, stop selling the fucking nose, Rick, and <laughs> kick his ass. Come on. Um, the, yeah, the, the, at this point, the nose selling was just ridiculous. I mean, it's just I, – I I, thought this one was just as bullshit as the other, if I'm being honest. Uh, again, too much stalling at the beginning. Um, not not enough excitement, uh, considering these are the two – uh, two of the best to ever do it, at least according to most people. Blair calls
1: him in one of his, like his best, besides Steamboat, he says Martin's his best opponent ever.
3: I mean, I don't believe, I, don't, I can totally believe that they have good matches, but uh, the, these two were not the ones. <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, but yeah, the, I I I didn't take too many notes on the refs because I know you knew that y'all would eviscerate them in the proper way. So, but yeah, just all this stuff with the refs and the stupid rope breaks and, um, I went two and a quarter because I went two and a half in the last one. And I thought this one was worse despite being, despite being shorter. So I think I'm truly the one that doesn't, uh, doesn't know anything about wrestling and I'm just a blubbering moron. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't think it was much better than the last one. Um, And it's just not for me, I guess I'll put it that way.
1: Well, I, I think it's generational. I think what was maybe four or five stars in 86 does not equate to 2022. And I think if you're a true wrestling fan, and look at balance between the two generations. You could probably filter that out, and I think that's where the missing component is, Logan. So I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you uh, at all, honestly. Uh, Schiff, I'll go to you next. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I do agree. This was slightly lower than before, but I will say this time um, when Ricky got his mask off, he was able to grab it and put it back on, which I, I don't know why it made me laugh, but it did. He was like, "Not this time, Flair," um, but. <laughs> Like, you know, Flair has to do the – try to escape and shows his ass spot, um, which, you know, he do, does a bunch. But I know, like, this was part of, like, you know, a house show and, you know, they were hitting, like, all these different ones and they didn't expect the stuff to be filmed and, you know, gone over 36 years later. So here we are. Uh, I will say Ricky getting him in the figure four was nice. I love Flair selling the leg after the figure four. Um, We got the shitty ref bump because Tommy Young sucks. Um, I wish I would've whooped his ass at Starcast. But anyway, um Morton got the visual pin, Flair reverse pin, and wins holding the tights. He can't even beat this man clean, I I know, but still just the tag guy. I went two and a half stars on this because I thought it was just like you said, Sean, just below the the previous match we talked about. And with that I went two and three quarters. So just slightly a little I will say this was a little bit better for times. I think it was like eleven minutes.
1: Yeah, the, the sort the shortness made it a better watch, but the match yeah, wasn't for sure. yeah, for sure. Um so Colin, we've had four batches and three Tommy Young bumps. Go ahead. You're up.
0: <laughs> um <clears throat> I have well I have two notes on this one. Um uh, well sorry, three. Um see above. Um <laughs> seem seems like a shrunken down carbon copy of the match that we've just seen with slightly less blood, two and a half stars. Um I think I think Chef makes a, I think Chef makes a good point. These matches were never meant to be watched back to back. Like if, in 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 nineteen eighty six, if if you had said to somebody that in however many years time you could have that there would be this place that you could just go and all the matches ever or most of the matches ever would be able it be at your fingertips. They might have changed something, but mm-hmm. they they've literally just had the same match with ten minutes chopped off of it because they were never they were never had to. Somebody in Roanoke was never, unless they were going to be really, uh, if they were flush with cash, wasn't going to be watching the the, the match from um, Charlotte at the Great American Bash a couple of days before. Um, so I think that might that that plays into it a bit. But yeah, I I, I don't even know if it's, I, I I don't even know if it's a generational thing like you said, Sean. I think it's just. Like, cause we've liked matches from from this time period that other people have liked. I just think for whatever reason, this just hasn't these matches haven't clicked with us the, the, the same way that they the same way that they 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 do with other people. But yeah, I'm starting to doubt. I, I I'm still at this point starting to doubt whether or not I'm I'm, I'm going to get my wrestling fan um, card taken off me because yeah, this was this was highly disappointing again.
1: Yeah, I. I don't think you get your card taken away. I think the fact that we're all saying the same thing on this, I think, well, those take all, we're we'll all going yeah, to fuck ourselves. take all, all of them. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll all, and we'll go, all go fuck ourselves, or get the fuck, like uh, Colin would say. But anyway, all right, so our last three matches of the night. Um, Don't know if that's a good or bad thing, based on the last two matches we talked about. Um, <laughs> this was taped on July 6th, but this aired on the Saturday night show, so kind of a cool thing where – they did the Saturday night show taped at some of these events, and then we got some of the the matches off of those cards, which I so again, this is uh from the July twelfth Saturday night show, but this was taped on July sixth. It's from Raleigh, North carolina um eighty five hundred in attendance, and it was a sellout. so uh, here's the card. Magnum TA defeated Nikito Koloff in a Texas death match. This was not part of the best of Seven series, The warlord who we have mentioned, but we will never watch on this show because he faces jobbers pinned Gene Ligon with the running power slam at 49 seconds. Ivan Koloff pinned Rocky King. T. Joe Kahn pinned Mark Fleming. Sam Houston pinned George Man, This card sucks. Uh, Dusty Rhodes with Baby Doll at the Rock and Roll Express defeated Ric Flair and the Andersons in a bunkhouse match. Now, why couldn't we gotten that one? I bet that one was probably pretty fucking good. But, man, the rest of this card really, really sucks, um, at least the ones we talked about. So we're going to talk about the other three matches that were on this card. We watched them all, so I'm curious to see your takes. So the first one we're going to watch is Ron Garvin taking on Black Bart, who were in our a tag team match we talked to earlier. Um, finally, we get Black Bart in a singles match, um, and it's also non-titles. So shocker, will probably figure out how this is going to end. Um, so let's see. Uh, Bart works arm, but Garvin has some savage chops to get out of the corner. But Bart goes right back to work on the arms. I love Cornette selling on commentary. He's really selling the totally Garvin feud and says he wouldn't be surprised if Tully had um, told Bart to work the hand to get the advantage in their upcoming tape-fist match, so I thought that was pretty great. Garvin does multiple sick-looking headbutts. Bart later um, – uh, so Gar- actually, later, uh, Bart has Garvin upside down in the corner and is giving him some stiff knees. Um, great leg drop to Garvin by Bart. I like Bart's, like, double leg drop. It's not like the running single leg, but he does, like, the double leg, which I thought really looks really, really good. Uh, JJ and Tully cut to ringside as Garvin fights back with more stiff headbutts. Bart fights back with stiff punch of his own. Um, Garvin's mannerisms as he's trying to get his shit together and fight back, I thought are really good. Garvin again with more headbutts uh, into the corner. And then he grabs Bart by the legs for the pin and puts his feet on the ropes for three, which was really weird because I don't think he needed to do this in a black Bart match. So that might be one of my big hangups about this match. But J.J. and Tully protest to no avail angrily. I thought this was a nice stiff fest. And even though he lost, I thought Bart looked really, really good. I think these two had really good chemistry. Um, which I thought made for a really fun, stiff brawl. Um, Garvin just makes all his stuff legit, and, and he's just a blue-collar, beat-the-shit-out-of-you kind of style, which I really like. So I actually went two and three quarters on this. This was a pleasant surprise for me, unlike the last two matches you talked about. Colin, I'll get to you first. What-,
0: what did you go on this?
1: I went two and three quarters. I loved it.
0: <sighs> Holy fuck.
1: It was just a big stiff vest. I thought it was great. I loved it. I love hearing hear what I go. Oh, it. we
0: we are we are miles apart, Mister Kid. Okay, Kidd on well, this one. it was
1: it was bound to happen at some
0: point, did I call him? Uh, so my first note is poor Ronnie Mark II. I mean, we Ron Garvin has is is earning his crust in in uh, July of nineteen eighty six. Um, again, thinking back, maybe the maybe the, the the tag match was it was Black Bart was hampered because he was working with Wahoo, and he had a am I'm am a moving. A, a, a guy who's got the athletic ability of a statue, um, as his tag team partner. I thought. Think back, in with Sam Houston, he might be okay. He wasn't okay. I thought this was. I thought this was um, a typical Black Bart match. Very plodding, not overly exciting. I think Ron Garvin tried his hardest um, with it, but it just wasn't. I what i can i can see like where with where where the disconnect is you might when you're seeing black Panther on offense you're you're seeing it's hard-hitting i'm just seeing as it's just rubbish and it's slow and it's plodding and, and it's ah. it's not it's not and i went one star on it i did not enjoy it
2: ah.
1: wow all right well i didn't see that i didn't see that coming at all all right uh shift what about you
2: I I love this match. Um,
1: okay, well, okay. At least at least there's two of us that are crazy. <laughs> wow!
2: These guys beat the shit out of each yes, other, and that's what I'm here for. Other. Um, and I love Bart working Garvin's arm so he can't use it. Like like you said, Sean, that was nice. Um, and then Garvin had some nice jumping headbutts. Um, and then like we come back and break, and it was all Bart, and like had a nice leg drop from Bart, which I thought was nice. I love Tully and JJ showing up. And then Garvin cheating to get the win with the foot on the ropes. I went three and a quarter. Like well, okay. was, Holy right, <laughs> okay, oh, okay,
1: well that well that one's okay. I can't no, I can't go there. That's high. Wow.
2: Maybe it's because I watched that match after the two other matches and it was a breath of fresh air. Well
1: I did too, but I still didn't go that high. But
0: wow. See see I had a break. I think that's maybe where we've, I think this where we're going <laughs> wrong.
3: That's quite possible. Wow. Jeez. Logan, Logan, go ahead. so i'll be the bridge to the gap uh i went too. uh i really enjoyed it as well um i do think it 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 had the convenience of coming after those last two matches and while i understand that i couldn't rate that higher than those matches because they probably this probably actually wasn't that would get
1: you that would get you eviscerated i'm yeah. i i
3: i I enjoyed this more i'll say um but and it was only eight minutes too yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I, i really thought it was smart that uh Bart kind of work the work the hand which is garvin's best weapon i don't really really understand why more wrestlers don't do that especially if they're like a submission based guy like go for the part of the body where, where they're going to hit your hit you with their finisher so i thought that was really smart by him uh, i thought it was a perfectly fine bludgeon fest uh with some good limb work in there but mostly just good physical strikes. so like i said i went two on it but i do think uh I do think the star rating was helped by the fact that I watched this after the last two matches, but yeah, I I, th- I did enjoy it though for sure. Yeah,
1: and again, I did feel guilty for liking this quite a bit, and then I actually went the same <laughs> score I did on the last Ricky Morton match. So
3: you like anyway, what you like, Sean. Don't, like, don't ever I, feel guilty. I, no,
1: me. no, I don't feel guilty, but man, it's you just have this notion in your head of what something should be, and what it's not, you're just like you're done. You just move on. So <laughs> anyway that's definitely the match of the night in terms of guardrail to guardrail where people win. So that's interesting. So we'll <laughs> see how the next one goes. So uh, the next match for the national heavyweight title, it is Tully Blanchard versus another Wahoo McDaniel match. <laughs> so Wahoo starts by lighting Tully up with multiple chops. that Tolly sells like a million bucks. But then he does what Wahoo does and goes right into a chin lock. Then he does arm work. Tully is busted open as Wahoo goes to another chin lock that Tolly, which I really like this, he literally grabs Wahoo's head from behind and knees him in the head to get out, which I thought was really cool. Uh, Tully then beats up Wahoo with punches, knees, and elbows. Uh, Wahoo reverses a suplex to crowd's approval. Tully rolls outside as Wahoo chases him, and Tully turns around and hits him upside the head with a lariat, which I thought Seth thought, looked really good. Wahoo fights back with more shots and covers for three, but JJ puts Tully's foot on the rope. Um... Again, uh, the rest back is turned for somewhat other reason, and J.J. hands Tully blasts, uh, brass knuckles and clobbers Wahoo with him as per norm. Um, Tommy looks totally oblivious. Tully covers, but um, in runs Ron Garvin to show the knucks, and we get the DQ. J.J. goes after Wahoo, and Garvin goes after him, allowing Tolly to attack Garvin from behind and hits a wonderful slingshot suplex of bails. Crowd loses its shit. I really I kind of liked it, but, you know, I liked it because of Tolly. Um, I thought Tully was really good as the heel. Wahoo was just did whatever Wahoo does, and that's what makes these Wahoo matches so hard for me, Colin, is the people he faces. They're so fucking good in them, and it's hard to be good against Wahoo, and that's why I like them. Um, so again, I also thought it did a really great job of selling the Garvin and Blanchard feud. Um, again, for the second time tonight, which makes me upset why we couldn't actually watch a couple of those matches because I thought they would have been great. Um, and I thought who just did what Wahoo does and I thought in the end it worked. And Tommy Young continues to be shit. I went two and a half stars on it, but again it was solely because of Tully in this match. So I'll go to you for a shift. what did you think?
2: Well, I thought I was gonna get shit again for that. I went uh <laughs> two and a quarter. I like yeah. Tully Tully was awesome.
1: Tully's I'm, awesome. is
2: shit. And I do love Wahoo chopping the shit out of Tully. Like, you, you can tell that just hurts. And I love that uh, Blanchard tried the slingshot, but he couldn't um, lift up Wahoo. And wa- that's when Wahoo got the reverse suplex. And uh, Tully being smart and baiting Wahoo to go outside, and he throws him into the post, which I thought was very smart, like, great heel work. Um, Tully dropping elbow after elbow, like, he Dolph Ziggler trying to murder Jerry the King Lawler. Um, God. <laughs> And then like Wahoo moves, and like Wahoo has like the pin, but like I love JJ. It's like it's a, like we don't have that many managers now, but that's a great move of like the manager putting the foot on the ropes. It's so simple. So he's like, hey, look, he's the, right there. I love Tully getting the knocks and knocking him out. Um, then Ronnie Garvin comes in and puts his nose where it shouldn't be, and he gets a slingshot for his uh, for you know, for for being uh being being an asshole.
1: All right, I'm Team so, Tully. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Logan, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I went two and a quarter as well. Uh, There's a point at the beginning of the match where Tully kind of charges at Wahoo, and Wahoo just obliterates him with a chop to the chest. Um, Cornette at one point says that Wahoo set back Indian relations by about 50 years. I thought that was a very racist but very uh, funny line at the same time. Uh, um, Wahoo's offense is incredibly vanilla, and it's a lot of the same stuff on repeat, a lot of chops, a lot of rest holds. Uh, But Tully does his most awesome job of selling it and just look makes it look like it's devastating i love uh Tully kind of catching wahoo chasing him around the ring uh i think he hit a he either hit a punch or a clothesline but he hit it was
1: was like a quasi leary
3: is what it was yeah Yeah, he he hits him pretty good i love that little spot but Tully, like i said Tully was awesome in this one uh totally carried wahoo um, hey, I I think that's part of I think that's the part of why I really like Tully a lot is because I think he can take kind of some of these schlubs that are not that great and kind of bring them up to his level by selling the way he the way that he can and kind of doing the off doing his offense the way that the way that he does. So I'm a big fan of Tully on this one.
1: Yeah, Tully definitely carried this and made this a fun fun match. There's no doubt about it. Column, you can say whatever you want about you can give the score whatever you want, but I my hope is that you also thought Tully was amazing in this.
3: But go ahead.
0: Oh I d I don't think anyone I don't think anyone can doubt that, that that Tully is amazing and he will always try his hardest when he's um when he's when when he's in the ring. Um there's no phoning it in for Mr Blanchard. However, um he does have his work cut out in this one. Um I have a note that um I, if this is the match that Tully loses the belt to this bum, then I'll know why Sean was determined to get me on this one and I was oh, immediately
1: Lord, I'll, I'll be careful what you ask for.
0: I was immediately oh. I was immediately going to going to call off. <laughs> oh, um
1: God.
0: I've got a note about thingy. I've got a note about Cornet. you um,
1: might want to dial in in September and say you're busy. I'll i
0: keep going. Yeah, I, I I know I know it's coming eventually. I just I, I thought it might have been I thought it might have been this one, uh, I and I wasn't too. wasn't too happy. Um, I I've got a note about the commentary. I said well, it's well it's not completely politically correct. The commentary from uh, Jim Cornet isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Although I did have a note about the the, the Indian relations going back 50 years. Um. Mm-hmm. The crowd bumped it up slightly because they do hate Tully. Um I, I I don't I I'll not I'll not bore everyone and repeat my thoughts on Wahoo's offence. Um other than it's just the same two moves over and over again. Um yeah, he tried his hardest. one point seven five. Tully, Tully Tully, you know, God bless the man, tried his hardest.
1: I think 1.75 is as good as you're going to get out of column with this match. So I think that's a fair score for sure. But um, Tully Blanchard should get like wrestler of the year for this match. This is pretty clear. All right. Oh,
0: I, I, think, I think that that match was as good as you were ever going to get.
1: Yeah, it was very good uh, with Tully. Again, Tully's amazing. All right. Our last and final match of the night. Uh, you know, kind of like an underrated thing here that I, I don't think anyone would have expected on a Saturday night show, considering who the Midnight Express was actually feuding with at the time. But as the Road Warriors take it on the Midnight Express, and this is like a big-time match for the tag team titles, and you're getting it here on a Saturday night. So uh, Cornette is wearing the fantastic, for those of you, uh, Column, you'll remember this, and I hopefully that ship would, wearing that fantastic Arn Anderson type hat from 85 that Arn used to wear that we all love. <laughs> so Cornette was rocking that out. Uh, right the yeah. Midnight Expr- yeah, it was fantastic. The Midnight Express comes out with Bubba. The Warriors are out to a loud pop looking extremely badass in their spike vests. Um, and really kind of a big diversity between the two teams here. It's like the redneck bar drinkers versus the, you know, the road warrior biker gang. So like the Midnight Express is not the exactly most appeasing looking wrestlers. And it's just like, it's like a totally different dynamic between the two. I thought was great. Um, the crowd is so loud as animal and Condry open. You can't even hear the commentary. Condry um, cell of running the animal falling down. I thought was absolutely tremendous. His animal breaks out of his shoulder block and breaks out a shoulder block and drop kick, and Conjury wants to leave. Uh, the crowd noise again is literally louder than the commentary at this point. Um, Hawk in. Hawk goes in, and uh, Conjury hits a pile driver on him that he immediately no-sells. Eaton in on the outside. Animal press slams him back into the ring from the floor over the top rope, and then the spot is awesome. He lifts him up, throws him in. Hawk immediately clotheslines him again, sending him back outside where he's met with an animal, another animal clothesline, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, Cornett's going nuts. You Again, you hear nothing as the crowd is so deafening. Uh, the Express go for a double elbow lock, and Hawk powers out, uh, both of them down, and then hits both of them with a running clothesline. Hawk gets a press slam to Bobby, but then misses a second rope clothesline. Dennis hits Hawk with a tennis racket to the head on the outside. The Express work over Hawk, um, including Cornette hitting Hawk again with the racket from the outside. Animal flying tags back in, gets a power slam and a shoulder block to Bobby. Then off four in the ring, Animal goes for a press slam on Eaton and Cornette in and hits him with the racket and we get the DQ. The fight continues. Ellering chases Cornette who's intercepted by Baby Doll with a punch to the back of the head, which shocks Bubba and Bubba just has this "what the fuck" look, which selling it, which was great. Crowd again goes nuts. I really enjoyed this match. The Warriors were dominant. The Express were fantastic selling his heels, um, and again you can't say enough about how that this crowd really made this match a big deal. The baby doll appearance was good just for the simple fact that it continued to sell the feud with Cornette. This was my match of the night. I went three and a quarter, and that might be high, but I thought the Road Warriors, I thought these two teams together were just amazing. So, Logan, I'll go to you first. What did you think?
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I went two and a half. Um, Loverboy Dennis has a rough go of it early. They really beat the crap out of him to start the match. Um, and the road warriors are just a force uh they don't do very much they don't they don't just wow you with anything but they're just physical and rough um but like as little as they do in some of these matches or as little as they have to do in some of these matches but the crowd goes nuts anytime they do anything just they explode anytime they hit a big suplex or a clothesline or a power slam or whatever um, but they they just go bananas anytime they do anything. Even if they just hit like a, sh- a short punch and the guy rolls to the outside, they just go nuts, um, which is, is really awesome to see and witness. Um, uh, Hawk probably shouldn't go for the middle rope clothesline anymore. He doesn't seem to have much success with that. He missed it in the first match, misses it in this one. I think Animal's a really good hot tag. Um, he, he comes in with a lot of explosiveness and t- takes out both uh, Midnight Express guys when he gets tagged in. Uh, match wasn't, you know, just absolutely spectacular for moves or anything. It wasn't wouldn't, wouldn't just, you know, a uh, uh, spot fest or anything like that or any, anything that you may see nowadays. But uh, just a good bludgeon fest, a good kind of domination by the Road Warriors. Uh, but the crowd was just absolutely bananas the whole match. So that made it even more enjoyable. So, I like I said, I went two and a half.
1: Yeah, I think when you have a good power team with heels that sell the shit out of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think that really adds a lot. So, um, and the road warriors for me, they're not my favorite tag team and I don't think they're as great as everybody says they are. And I probably get shit for that too, but this one was definitely great, but it also made me feel good about this version of the midnight express, which also isn't my favorite tag team. So, uh, Colin, what did you think of this?
0: I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was, um, I thought it was really good. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the Road Warriors, is there a better team that's going to, apart from maybe Arn and Tully, is there a better team than the Midnight Express to just bump and stooge for the Road Warriors? Mm. Um, there, there can't be, there can't be many. Um, I mean, this was everything. I, I thought, I thought this was everything you could have expected for a match between, between these four guys and the crowd. Where like insane for for most of it but i thought it's
1: the most like crazy crowd we've heard since we started this pod for me i think it was i
0: I think so and then but they took it they took it one step they took it one step higher than even that when baby doll came out um that was just that was just ridiculous um i thought it was everything i thought the match was everything it needed to be it was uh it was a, a fine uh a fine uh, TV. I find TV match with with, with an insane crowd. I um, I, I I went three on it. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. And the Road Warriors. I think as much as they're not a ring generals, I do think they're they are, um, potentially slightly underrated in, in what they can do. Because see when they could see when they wanted to, they could, and and and, and the match called for it. Where they're not just stuffing the other guys, then they they could. I mean, they, they could hustle as much as, as two guys that size could.
1: Yep, and I agree, because I, I think we've said it before that we watched some of their stuff from 85 and 84 AWA where they're really good, and again, I think this tag this, team, this actually makes me look forward to watching their match at Starcade in 80s coming up here, because, I don't know, these two teams just have something, they, they click together. Unfortunately, we're going to watch another match on our next show that it doesn't necessarily work out that way, but I'm glad we got this, this one. Uh, Schiff, what did you think? Close us out.
2: I love this match. Uh, Road Warriors look badass. Um, I love like how you said how Conjury tried that shoulder block and he just fell down. Mm -hmm. Um, And a Cornette on the outside when Road Warriors whooping ass turns out. They're just big dumb weightlifters. Yeah. Um, which I thought was great, and I'm glad you mentioned that spot where Animal press land, Bobby back into the ring. Hawkman knocks him out. Animal then hits Bobby again. It was a wonderful like 30 45 seconds.
1: It was like a pinball. He was like a pinball yeah. machine getting
2: hit with clotheslines. It so. it was great. Um, I and it really thought we were getting a title change here, and um, th- that's what it felt like because like you know Cornet hit Hawk with the tennis racket. Yeah, the hot tag, the hot tag to animal, and then Cornet just runs in and hits it with the racket, and they are DQ'd. I, I really thought we were um, going to see a title change because, uh, like, they battled through like the first tennis racket shot. So, um, I want three stars on this. I thought this was very well, very good. Nice. So, I guess I'll just go
1: around the horn real quick. Colin, was this your match of the night for tonight? Since this is our last match.
0: Um. Yes, I would. I would say so. I think it was the. I I think the first Flair Morton match for me was 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 up there, but this one, yeah, this one takes it for me.
2: Okay, Shift this was your one of the night, right? Well, going by stars, I have Garvin and Bart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
1: All right, you should go down just because of that right fight right now. You should just drop it because this this match is better.
2: Or yeah, I'll right? bump the Road Warriors to three and or a bump, quarter.
1: Okay, all right, L- Logan, was this your match of the night, or no? Did you have something higher?
3: Uh. Star innings wise, I don't think I had anything higher. And I probably I'll, I'll go back and say I probably would have had it higher if not for the DQ. I could really kind of wanted to see the title okay. change. So I was hoping the Road Warriors would win. I probably would have gone three with you guys if that uh, that had happened. But that's why I went a little bit lower and I'd All probably right. go two and three quarters if I watched it again. But um, uh, yeah, I'd say it was probably definitely the match I most enjoyed and had fun watching. So for sure. All
1: right. For shits and giggles, I'll say this is our match of the night because it was, you know, here's here's how, Here's how we're going to end is we don't have a spotlight match tonight because I kind of wanted to save the main July spotlight match. One, we had seven matches tonight. But I wanted to save the main spotlight match for our next episode because it's kind of a big one that changed the course of a lot of things. Um, So we'll save that for our next episode. But I got to say, overall, going into this with our first watch, and we got a whole nother episode. Thinking about I got Morton versus Flair, um, this match, and a couple of other matches, I was like, man, this is going to be a really good stuff. And we don't typically watch seven matches in an episode. We have a lot of promos and anything in between. So maybe that took away from it a little bit. But the sell that we have looked at for the last two months for the matches we watched tonight did not equate to the match quality I was looking for. So I got to say overall for me, a little bit disappointed. Um, and I, based on what I heard from you guys, I would probably say you guys feel the same way and I'm not going to go around the horn, but if you have something different to say, um, you can say it during what we're going to do. So with that, we're going to go to plugs. Um, Column, any final words you want to say on this show, and then anything you want to play. Um, yeah, well,
0: I, I think I think I, I think I without stealing everyone else's done that, I think the the overall thought is just disappointment. Um, the 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 Martin match didn't hold up as what well, I say didn't hold up. I've never seen it before, but it didn't. It wasn't to the standards that I was I was led to believe it was. I, I, that said, it wasn't it wasn't that bad, but um. No, I think we we we've we've dove headfirst into into the Great American Bash. So it's, uh, the next episode. I hope will be just as interesting as this one. All right. Um,
2: and go ahead. Plugs.
0: In terms of plugs, you would have heard the um the the return of the special relations on our escapade to Cardiff for Clash at the Castle. Um, we will be diving headfirst back into more. Uh, we'll be back. Um, with our, with an episode proper. Uh, very soon. Um. And I uh, also with myself, Logan and Ben, we've recently recorded um, the latest chicken salad with one Mister Tim Capo, um, and we also do uh, the Starflation podcast as well, where we uh, inflate Starflate. We 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 change. Um, we we look at previous five star matches before the seven star scale and and reassess them on said seven star scale. And that's all from me.
1: All right. You know, I, remember when I said earlier in the pod that we you were very mean to me the last time we recorded? I just remembered what it was about. What was that? It was when we were talking about chicken salad and me transitioning out, and you said the new and improved chicken salad. And we, I was like, wow, that was mean. <laughs> Do you remember that now? <laughs> I,
0: that,
1: don't, that, I, that's, that's I don't what, You were like – you were on your shit very angry at me about Wahoo or something, and you're like, uh, <laughs> that would be the new and improved chicken salad. So I, I remember now. Now I remember. <laughs>
0: I I don't I don't remember saying it, but it it, it doesn't sound like something it does it does sound like something I would say.
1: Especially if you're angry and pissed off. So, oh absolutely. But, yeah. but anyway, go yeah, definitely go listen to the chicken salad. It might be new and improved, but it's still good. And uh the star is pretty good too. So I feel like we I feel like we deserve a uh a new episode at some point. I feel like there's been a gap there. Maybe I'm dismissing my timeline. Yeah, it is a good show. So Colin, I'm not gonna be mean. I'm gonna take the higher road and say those shows are good. So please listen to them. Um, thank you you're welcome uh shift how about you
2: uh you can check me out on youtube roulette uh sean mentioned on the no so feed uh seven months of danger to do with these guys and that can be found on twitter at scott underscore Shiftlet. all
3: right and logan um, pretty much the only thing that hadn't been mentioned for me is uh YouTube roulette. We're going to be recording a new episode of that coming up uh, later this week and uh highway to the impact zone, our TNA pod, where we're going through 2005 right now, as we're coming to a close of 2005, actually, we have one pay-per-view left and probably, you know, six impacts left to go for the, for the year. So I uh, will be recording the next episode of that on Friday this week as well. So, um, everything else that I do has been mentioned, so.
1: All right. And for me, you can find me on Twitter at NWA crack and roll. Uh, the other main pod that I do at this point is the seven months of danger with Schiff and Logan, uh, where we go back and revisit the dangerous Alliance timeline. Uh, I think the last episode that dropped as of this recording was episode number five, episode number six, I believe will be dropping uh, two days after this episode does. Uh, but that's been a really, really fun pod to do. Kind of the same with this where we're kind of chronologically, uh, I can't even say, God damn it.
2: Well, watching, watch chron- thank
1: you. Watching Crockett. We do the same with the Dangerous Alliance era in that whole seven months. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, uh, I would say, column, uh, how you feel about uh, Oahu uh, is how we feel about the Patriots and the Freebirds, uh, because we absolutely hate their guts. Uh, and then also you can find me on some guest spots this month, the month of October. Uh, you can find me over on the piece of the action pod where I did Roadhouse with Matt. You can find me on the Jenny position on Freakout driving where we do thinner and I will be on briefly aggressive podcast uh, also this month. So I um, haven't been on any of those shows in over a year and it'll probably be another year before I do them again. So please check those out. So with that, uh, he is Colin McDougall, uh, Logan Crossland, and Scott Shiflett. Uh, we will be back in two weeks where we will talk about the remainder of July and uh, more matches for the great American bash and an all timer from a territory spotlight match that really sets off um i almost think almost a whole kind of thing for uh i'll even say it, the wwf and its future so uh come back and join us in two weeks good night everybody